We're going to be looking in Hosea chapter 3 tonight. Hosea chapter 3, the message I simply call redemption. When we began in the book of Hosea, I told you that uh, Hosea's book uh, records several messages that no doubt he preached over the course of his life and ministry. The first one of those messages was built around his own life and his own family a very dysfunctional situation that developed between he and his wife, Gomer, and their children, whose names are very difficult to pronounce, uh, but whose meaning is very clear. And uh, God gave that to the nation of Israel as an image, then a picture, if you will, of how God was dealing with an unfaithful nation. He loved them, Israel. And yet they... We're not faithful to him. I'm sure over the course of the last few weeks as we've looked at these messages, this message in somewhat of detail, we have noticed how the details just go on and on. Sometimes you see God uh, does that to us. God works in such a way he kind of lingers in the difficulty, works his way through the drama, lets us see it. Let's us feel it. Let's us experience it. And then comes the solution. A great example of that was in his dealings with Adam. And when Adam was alone, and God brought by every animal in the creation, male and female, male and female. That didn't happen overnight, male and female. That didn't happen in a week, male and female. God made Adam linger over the fact that he was alone. And then God says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm not sure if Adam heard that or not, but I bet if he did, he said, amen. <laughs> you see, God lingered over the situation. And remember, that was before sin. God lingered over the situation. And then he brought the solution. And I think he did the same thing with Hosea. He wanted us to notice all of the things that happened as he lays out the story. And then it comes to this last message. The last message that I'll preach on the first message that Hosea preached. Redemption. Hosea chapter 3 and verse 1. Then said the Lord unto me, Go. Yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress. According to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver, and for an homer of barley, and an half homer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. We've noticed then that God had worked in this life so that in this man's life, so that his life became his message, and his message was his life. And this was a very tragic scene as the scandals just seemed to rock that situation in the parsonage in Jezreel. 
between the prophet Hosea and his unfaithful wife Gomer. There was a short time, you remember, of hopeful restoration. It seemed like that things were going to get better. She'd come home and Hosea had made a place for her only for him to experience the heartbreak as she left him again. In an amazing tribute to Hosea's love and the tribute to God's love and the love that God gave him for her, he went to her then after all that and began to court her and try to woo her back unto himself, only, only to see her refuse all of his efforts and return to her life of sin. Behind this very public story then of Hosea's sin was the story of God's, or Hosea's pain was the story of God's pain. The story of God's faithful love for his unfaithful people. It's a story of God's love for me. It's a story of God's love for all of you as well. Behind this is something else. Hosea had every right, some would even say the responsibility, but certainly the right to bring charges against Gomer. And in Israel, it would have been a capital offense. The punishment for adultery was stoning. She would have been stoned to death. Hosea had every right to bring charges against her through it all, he has refused his right of retribution. And that's an amazing thing because humanity certainly has an inclination toward retribution. Especially when it involves matters of the heart and people who we love are not treated correctly or fairly. I read a story once about a man and his wife who were driving. He was driving too fast. He was pulled over by a state trooper. And immediately when the trooper walked up to the windshield, the man began to make an excuse. He said, sir, I'm sorry. I was speeding. I know I was speeding. But you have to understand, I never, ever speed. I'm just never guilty of speeding. And the trooper interrupted him and said, I see you're not wearing a seatbelt. He said, yeah, no, I'm not wearing a seatbelt. But you can ask my wife. I never speed. And I always, always wear my seatbelt. Ask my wife. And without even being prompted, she said, I beg him to slow down. He drives like a maniac all the time. I've told him again and again to wear a seatbelt, if nothing else, but as an example to the kids. And he refuses. Give him a ticket, she said. He deserves it. Well, at that time, the man launched into a tirade and began to curse and yell and scream at his wife. And the trooper stopped him and said, hey, you need to stop that. And then he looked over to the woman and said, does he always talk to you like that? She said, only when he's been drinking. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We call that retribution. <clears throat> Humanity, even in matters of love, maybe and especially in matters of love, we have an inclination toward vengeance getting even toward retribution, but Hosea never did any of that. Now Gomer's sin has taken a turn for the worse. The story began, of course, with her and her youth, and her name means beautiful and perfect. But now, now Hosea gets the tragic news. Gomer's to be sold as a slave. And the worst kind of slavery. Human trafficking then and today. 
It's prompted by the deepest and darkest kind of human depravity. Once she was perfect and complete and beautiful. But by this time, sin has taken its toll. When Hosea got the news, we might expect him to just kind of shrug. Well, I tried. Have you heard? Gomer's going to be sold. The Bible doesn't tell us anything about how that came about. We could expect him, if anything, to say, well, you know, I did everything I could. He might even say, it serves her right. But instead, our story tonight is about the love that God brought to Hosea's heart. How he did it, I can't explain it to you. How many of you know tonight that our God does amazing things? And so he says, go yet love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress. Go love her. And you remember tonight it is an inherent principle of Scripture that every single time God gives anybody a command, He always gives them the ability to obey that command. Always. God tells us to do something. Then he gives us the ability to do it. We may not do it. We may not avail ourselves of that ability. It's an ability beyond ourselves. We have every reason to expect then that when God told Hosea, you go and love her yet. That's exactly what he did. You notice, of course, that the Holy Spirit is very careful then to point out the exact purchase price. Fifteen shekels of silver and a homer and a half of barley. How much is a homer? Well, it is ten ephahs. I'm glad you asked. Now you know. You might be interested in knowing that an ephah of barley sold for exactly one shekel. So if you do the math, a homer and a half, that's 15 ephahs, 15 shekels. It brings us then to a very interesting price. 30 pieces of silver. Does that sound familiar to you tonight? 30 pieces of silver, 30 shekels was the price that he paid for Gomer. She was already his wife. She was his by virtue of the fact that he married her. He had taken her as his wife. She was his wife, though an adulteress. He loved her. But now... He has bought her. She's his not so much by marriage. Now she's his by redemption. The fact that Hosea had to pay the price in different commodities, part in silver and part in barley, tells us that it probably cost him all he had. 
We can see Gomer up on the auction block. Her head is down. Dignity is gone. If she's feeling anything, it's not shame. She's long past that. What she's feeling is terror, if anything. We can only begin to imagine what it must have been like when someone put a robe around her, a blanket covered her, and she heard a voice. And it was the voice of Hosea saying, come on, Gomer, let's go home. No sign of any resistance now. No thought on her behalf of going back to the lifestyle she'd had before. That wasn't, no. It's an amazing scene. The man who loved her, who loved her yet, and who gave his all to pay her price. We spring forward tonight to a time on a lonely hill outside of Jerusalem. We see Jesus high and lifted up, betrayed, yes, for this very price, 30 pieces of silver. We see the incredible love of Jesus Christ for us where he paid the price for our redemption. Though we were his by right of creation, not a one of us, the Bible says, liveth unto ourselves, none of us can look at ourselves and say we live independently of the power of God. God has breathed the breath of life into all of us so that we all become a living soul. We are His because He is our Creator. But now we're His because He's our Redeemer. He paid the price against all odds. He comes to us. And offers us eternal salvation. Not one person in this building or one person watching from home tonight would say that you regret the day that you accepted Jesus' offer of salvation and redemption. You don't regret it. I don't regret it. Not one of us regrets it. And I want to tell you something tonight. God doesn't regret it either. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. That's your Redeemer. Sing, oh, sing of my Redeemer. Yes. Sing a thousand songs. We'll never sing of him enough. The great, great story of redemption. And God played that out so long ago. And so tonight, as we think back over these many chapters where we've looked and lingered over the problem, over the sin, watched and painfully, uncomfortably, as Gomer made the choices that she did again and again and again. And I think part of the reason why that perhaps this is uncomfortable to us is because on a deep level, we all know that it's our story too. As we've strayed from God, Again and again. We've, though he's loved us with an incredible and amazing love. He paid the price for us. God's love is a redeeming love. But then there's a second scene that's put on display in this story tonight. And that is that God's love is a restoring love. God's love is 
a restoring love. Verse 3. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Abide means wait. Thou shalt wait for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot. Thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. What does that mean? That means I will wait for you many days. I will not be for anybody else. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without a sacrifice and without an image and without an ephod and without teraphim. These things refer to the instruments of the priesthood. Their governmental structure and their religious structure would be gone. Afterward, verse 5, shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. And though the story is told subtly, as so many things in this book are, it is also told surely. Hosea said to Gomer, you shall abide for me many days. Gomer, you see, would have to wait for many days before their relationship could be restored. Gomer would have no other men. She would have to show that she was through with her life of unfaithfulness and sin. Bound to Hosea now by that double bond of wife and of redemption. He had chosen her and loved her and bound herself to the covenant of marriage. But now she is also his by the rights of redemption. For many days then they would live in this. And the right of redemption is simply stated, folk. Are you ready for this? Gomer had been bought with a price. Gomer had been bought with a price. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That is the right of redemption. That is the right of redemption. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We have no idea tonight, no way of knowing. The Bible doesn't say how long that Gomer and Hosea would go before their relationship was restored, before trust was rebuilt. But I would venture to say tonight that it wasn't days or weeks it was years, more than likely. But not only was Gomer to be waiting for Hosea during all this time, but Hosea was waiting for Gomer. And then we see this great story in verse 5. Afterward, afterward, God tells them, this is all about me and Israel. Afterward, you see, the children of Israel would return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness. In the latter days. This is all then a story of how that God would see Israel return to Him, to wander no more, to stray no more, to walk the paths of sin that too long they had trod. But now, now God says they'll be coming home. Never more, never more to Rome. And that was going to play out in Hosea and Gomer's life as well. 
There would be a time then when Hosea would know that Gomer's unfaithfulness was forever broken. And Hosea's bitterness was forever healed. The healing then would come as she realized the incredible love that prompted such an amazing grace and paid such an awesome price for her redemption. The healing would come as they patiently demonstrated their love for one another. The years then would show their love and their faithfulness. God said, this is what will happen to Israel. This is what will be between me and my people after many days. How many days? Well, it wasn't 100 years. It wasn't 500 years. It wasn't a millennial. It wasn't a couple. We're still waiting. God is still waiting. And unfortunately, Israel too is still waiting many days indeed. Gomer, you see, had become a trophy of sin and all that sin could do. And as Hosea looked through the eyes that God gave him to see, he saw Israel also and how they had become a trophy of sin, a trophy of depravity, a trophy of all that sin could do. And I'd be remiss tonight if I didn't point out to you that if we had looked out at the United States of America tonight through God's eyes, we would see a picture of what sin can do. We could see a nation being displayed as a trophy of sin and of depravity and disgrace. That's what's happening. But I want you to know this Bible still says that where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. God has a plan, and that plan includes the marvelous work of redemption. Someone may be here in this building tonight. Someone may be watching from home, and your life has become a, a trophy of sin, a display of all that sin can do and all that depravity and disgrace can do. You may be sitting there tonight thinking, there's no way that I could ever come back from this. I want you to think about tonight that man, that faithful prophet of God, going down to the slave market with everything he had. And a heart full of love. I want you to know that's the love that God has for us. It's the love that Jesus had for us when he died on the cross of Calvary. Greater love hath no man than this, Jesus said, than to lay down his life for a sin, for his friends. I pray tonight that you all know this glorious Savior. That you've experienced that wonderful reality of redemption. But if not, tonight is an open opportunity for you to do so. To say yes to Jesus, who paid the price for your sin. So that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. That whosoever believeth on him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. You see, salvation comes to us when we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, was buried, rose again the third day. And we express that belief to Him. We call on Him to forgive us to be our Savior. (laughs) And He does. It's not enough just to talk about it. It's not enough even to portray it. Because we know multitudes of people have gone through those waters of baptism and been just as lost when they came up out of them as they were before they went under them. It's not enough to talk about it, to know about it, or even to go through a ritual that portrays it. Folk, it has to be real in your heart. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That is the message that God put on display here in this Old Testament book of of prophecy, the prophet Hosea. But It's a story that he still puts on display today. And as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. Let's stand together, please.